This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. If you like the sweet science, get ready to talk boxing on the Gloved Fist podcast with top boxing writers Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. Frank, a former amateur boxer out of Philadelphia, writes for NY Fights and can be seen on the Boxing Channel. Jack, an amateur boxer who competed in the New York Golden Gloves, was a six-term president of the Boxing Writers Association. And now, here's Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. And we're back. Welcome to Glove Fist. My name is Frank Letirzo, former fighter, part-time writer, full-time observer, joined by co-host Jack Hirsch, former six-term president of the Boxing Writers Association of America. And Jack, before I bring you on, let me just say this. The spirited conversation we had before the show with Mac about the NFL reminded me of the boxing conversations that you would have with your friends over a beer, out to dinner, watching a game. They're just so spirited, arguing whether Bill Belichick's overrated or not. And it's just a shame that our boxing world doesn't do that today. And before I bring you on to talk about boxing, I have you live, so you can't get out of it now. I want to know one thing. How far do the Philadelphia Phillies go? Uh, this is it. They're not going to beat the Atlanta Braves. I picked the Braves to win the World Series in the beginning of the year. I picked them a couple of years ago, too, when they won it. And the Braves are so well-balanced. Uh, Charlie Martin, Max Fried, two of their starters, might have some issues with their health. Might, might not. They're questionable. So that could open the door for the Phillies. The Phillies are a bold group, having gone to the World Series last year and defying the odds. But when all is said and done, class tells, the Atlanta Braves are going to beat the Philadelphia Phillies. But in the short series, you could never tell. But I like the Braves in four games. Three all games right, Jack. That is on the record. I, I'll just say this. I don't watch much baseball, but – over the years, I, it just seems to me that when it comes to the playoffs, the Phillies beat the Braves more than the Braves beat the Phillies, even though the Braves may be the better team. So I hope you're right. I have a feeling the Phillies are going to take it. I hope I'm wrong. That said, how are you? What's on your mind? I'm good. I'm good. We're going to start off talking about the Canelo fight against Charlo. And I got to tell you, Frank, a recommended way to see it is a blast from the past in the movie theater. I was at a wedding Saturday night in Manhattan. It was about a mile away from Times Square. And one of the movie theaters was showing the fight for $25. You could really? watch the whole show. But we leave the wedding at 11 o'clock Eastern time, hoping we get to the main event in time, hoping no guarantee. But, you know, the main event start after 11 they're going to start approximately 11.30. We arrive 11.25 into the movie theater. And luckily for us, the fight before with uh, Erickson, Lubin, and Ramos was just ending. So we were able to sit and watch. The I think the Canelo the fight started at 11.55. Right, right. About a half hour later. The theater was half empty, but the screen was the big, giant screen. What a great way to watch the fight. My buddy who was with me. He was in Vegas for Spence Crawford, and he spent $1,000 for his ticket. He could afford it, unlike me. 
and he told me the $25 movie ticket was better than watching it in the arena. He could see it so much more clearly. I believe that. Watching the fight so much more. And the people there were so nice in the crowd, peaceful, you know, an absolute pleasure. And it reminded me of years ago, Frank, when we used to go to the movie theaters for the closed circuit. But now we're spoiled. We would sooner spend 75, 80 bucks to watch it pay-per-view so we could just be in our own living room. But if you're close enough to a movie theater, don't mind seeing it. Watching it from the big screen is great. And I got to see Canelo's artistry up close. And is he a declining fighter? Let's put it this way, Frank. He's not declining any further. If he did slip a little, it was a slight slippage where he stopped and he plateaued and he didn't continue to slip at all. You know, this is a very good Canelo. He... Anything he may have lost physically, if he has, he's made it up with smarts, experience. But more importantly, Frank, I love his enthusiasm. I actually believe him when he says, I love boxing so bleeping much. I actually believe him, Frank. And what Customato used to say, we like to bring up Cust, fighters lose it when they lose interest in the sport. That's when they start slipping. That's when they start fading. As long as they can maintain their interest, they're going to be top of the line, and that's what Canelo is. You know, Jack, I did some thinking after the fight, and I read a lot of things on social media. I listened to the commentators. And before I touch on my thoughts on the fight, let me just say this. I'm a little tired of hearing about how Canelo is the heathen of boxing. Okay? Look, we can pick apart anybody's record, but in re the reality is he cleaned out the junior or the, the super middleweight division. Okay. Um, super then it be, no, no, wasn't no. a factor until the end, but he cleaned out, he beat the belt holders to unify the title at 168. He moved up and he fought the second best, at least a consensus second best late heavyweight in boxing. He lost to him as he should have. But after the fight, people started saying, well, Bivol's so good, maybe he's better than Beater Beef. And then he takes on the best junior middleweight in the world, okay? So I'm a little tired of hearing that he doesn't fight anybody. Yes, he had, it, he had an advantage against Charlo. But you know what, Jack? At least Canelo fights. Canelo has fought three times since the Bivol fight. Bivol has fought one time. Canelo keeps the game alive and interesting. I don't think it's my choice with Bivol. I think Bivol is just waiting for trying to make something happen where he could get a halfway decent payday. He fought a real Zerto Ramirez was a very credible opponent after the Canelo fight. He Wait, I, I, I'm not sure what's your Jack. I'm not putting Bivol down. You make it seem like Bivol didn't want to fight any more than once. You know, no, no, no. That if, I, if it came across that way, that's what I meant. But my point is this. They had a big fight. Canelo's fought three times. That's three times more than Bivol's fought, okay? Nobody fights, say, other than Usyk, Tank, and a couple other guys. I mean, Deontay Wilder, what's going on with him? A lot of the big names, they don't fight. Look, as much as I love Crawford, he doesn't fight that much either. At least... Canelo fights. We know he's going to fight on Cinco de Mayo, and he's going to fight the first or second weekend 
or sometime in the month of September. And we know one thing sitting here right now, Jack. He is going to fight. We don't know the opponent, but he's going to fight on Cinco de Mayo in May next year. And we can argue about who he's going to fight later. My thoughts on the fight. Let me tell you, Frank. Do you notice he did something brilliant? You know, if he was playing a game of chess against Crawford, it was basically a checkmate. And I'm not a chess player, so if I'm getting this... Neither am I. Help me out. Okay. But he said something, Canelo Frank, after the fight that was so brilliant. He says, okay, if Crawford wants to fight me, let him fight the winner of Benavides Andrade. And then we could have a serious discussion about a fight. And wow. Because he knows that's never going to happen. No, no, no. That puts Crawford in his place. That, and it's a viable challenge. It's a reasonable request on Canelo's part. Crawford does not want a career as a super middleweight. Maybe in a couple of years, if he's still fighting, getting bigger, who knows? But right now, he only wants to fight Canelo. Crawford's not interested in fighting a super middleweight, but he'll do it for one fight because it's a mega event, a mega payday against Canelo. Okay? And, and, and even though I think I'd like Crawford's chances in the fight. That's not the point. Canelo's not overly anxious to fight Crawford. Also, he knows what a risk that fight is. So to keep Crawford at arm's length, he's basically saying, earn it. Fight the Benavides Andrade winner. And it's like, wow. Now, I can't see Crawford taking that risk. No, he, no, he, that, that was a shrewd move to pretty much silence the fight. And he did. But he did in my back, book. I give him credit. He, I well, and you know, Jack, I've had no interest in that fight because Canelo's just too big. He's a bridge too far. I, but you see, I disagree. I disagree. I, I like Crawford's chances in that fight. That's what makes it intriguing. But the well, if that fight never signed, we'll have a lot to talk about because right, I disagree. Right, the, fight, the fight would sell. It would. It would. A, oh, I agree a, with that. It would be a boxing version of a Super Bowl. But, but Jack, Canelo let's get me. let's get back to Canelo and Charlo. Look, Canelo did something very smart in this fight, and not many people are talking about it. Canelo is usually a slow starter. He came out early in that fight, and he hit Charlo hard in the shoulders, in the elbows, on the hips. In the body, and he sent him a message that this is something that you've never dealt with before. So I disagree with the people that say Charlo came into the ring with the thought to survive and go the distance. I think he had the mindset that he was going to give it his best and try to win. I think after the second round, Canelo smartly convinced him that we're not on the same level. You can't hurt me. I'm too strong for you. And basically after that, Charlo stunk the place out because all he worried about was what, what Crawford was going, what Canelo was going to do. And he didn't take the initiative of his own at all. Well, well Frank, let me play devil's advocate a bit. Do you think there could have been, do you think it's possible, okay, that Charlo Charlo's right hand was hurt. He wasn't throwing right hands. Now, Charlo hasn't made any excuses after the fight. Maybe this could be a case of him being such a great sportsman that he's not going to use that as an excuse, even if he had a bad right hand. Now, let's say his right hand was broken. 
he might be worried, wow, if I say that, I could get sued and I could, you know, entering the fight injured. And he's happy at this point. Let me just get the big, big payday and I'll live with that injury that I had going into the fight. He wasn't throwing right hands. We both know he has a pretty mean right hand. You're right, Jack. But the, I think I think the problem was his left jab wasn't landing that much, and he was getting countered back with a jab. And I think when your jab doesn't land, you are less apt to throw the right hand. So I think that was more of it. And I think he found out that Canelo is tougher to hit clean than he thought going in. So I think that was a big part of it. I think the strength of Canelo, including me, was underrated in some in, by some people, and. You know, yes, there are weight classes for a reason. It's not the size. Canelo is a bull. He's tough. And I just think their experience level and Canelo just – he's just so confident when he comes in that ring. And I just think he sent the message early that, you know what, Charlo, there's nothing you can do to me. You can't hurt me. You can't deter me. I'm a better boxer than you. I can cut down your offense, take away your jab. And as a result of that – as you said, we didn't see many right hands. Should we pr praise Canelo? Yes, we should praise him. But, Jack, think about this. Canelo did the same thing to Charlo that Mayweather did to Marquez and that Spence did to Mikey Garcia. Guys moving up two weight classes. Everybody went on about Mayweather's skill and what a great boxer Spence was. But, Jack, you know this as much as me. If you can, if I'm not worried, if there's no consequences in me making a mistake when we're fighting, I can do whatever I want. And I think that was the case. Well, the Crawford, at the end of round one, you could tell when you saw Canelo, not, you know, standing up between rounds after round one, it was like he was enthusiastic. To him, it's like, he knew he was going to win. I mean, it was, all fighters have a small element of doubt, I'm sure. But with Canelo, I mean, it's like he knew he was, he was fighting happy in there. He looked like he was actually enjoying himself. Well, Jack, you know, it is fun the when the other guy can't hurt you. But one negative did come out of the fight for Canelo, one very small negative. I believe he had a two-fight plan, both Charlo brothers, the way Lennox Lewis once said, once said about the Klitschko's, I'm going to eat one for breakfast, the other one for lunch. And I think that was kind of Canelo's plan. I'm going to beat Jamel Charlo. Then the angle is going to be his brother. Jamal is going to go for revenge. Jamal, unbeaten middleweight. You know, he's been inactive, but at the top of his game, we both know Jamal Charlo is really good. So that would still be a viable ma match, you know, uh, beforehand. That would that would, would have been Can Canelo's mindset. Now, please don't sign to fight Jamal Charlo. No, Jack. For the public, they're going to link the two Charlos together, like it or not. And Jamal, this was supposed to be his fight. People forget that. Jamal yep. wasn't supposed to have this fight because Jamal had so many things going on in his personal life. He wasn't just ready to fight. So I don't want to hear that they're pushing him in with Canelo now the next time around. Jack, look, Canelo right now is close to being on his game as good as we've ever seen. Okay? But let's face it. He has to fight the winner 
of Benavides and Andrade, who are supposed to fight November 25th. That should be his next fight. Okay, I don't think. Look, I think it's obvious he doesn't want to go with Bivol again. And and what I from what I saw the other night, he still can't beat Bivol. But he needs to fight the winner of Benavides and Andrade. That'll clear up. That'll clean up the division again. He will get no pushback from any fans. But here's what I was thinking: Who does Crawford fight? And is the fight with Jermel dead now? Well, Clint, yeah, yeah. Now, who cares? Crawford, Jamel Charlo. Does anyone really think Jamel Charlo would beat Crawford? You have to, you know, you have to think one guy's going to beat the uh, has a chance to beat the other to make it appealing. And I know it's easy to say, well, throw the Canelo fight out the window. Uh, you know, Jamel, if he was in with someone his way, this isn't Tim Zoo. Maybe if Jamel Charlo reestablishes himself. He beats the Zoo Mendoza winner, okay, and beats him decisively. Then he would have reestablished himself. Then the fight with Crawford makes sense. But when would that even be taking place? And here's what I think. Here's the, Jack. Here's the only way I think that fight could be salvageable, okay? Because just because Jamel couldn't handle Canelo doesn't mean he can't handle junior middleweights. To me, the only way that fight is salvageable is. Charlo, as you said, redeems himself. He still has three of the titles. He scores an impressive knockout over somewhat of a name opponent. Crawford fights the winner of Zoo Mendoza. If that's the case, now you have Charlo redeemed himself and now could be for the undisputed title. And that, to me, would be the only way that fight would be salvageable. And Crawford, in the back of his head, can say, well, I have something I can do. If I can stop Charlo when Canelo couldn't, that's another feather in my cap. But that's the only way I see that fight having any kind of viability. You know, it's interesting that Crawford really needs Spence now. You know, he dominated him, won the fight, and you think, ah, oh, Crawford doesn't want to fight him in a rematch. I think he needs Spence. Who else is he going to fight in the meantime? He's not fighting. I have well, I have an opponent that nobody's talked about, but I don't know if the guy's ready to fight. I think Ortiz and Canelo, I'm sorry, Ortiz and Crawford at 154 would be a great fight. But I don't Virgil know if Crawford Ortiz, would go for it with no title. Virgil Ortiz, the problem with him, he's had some issues, injuries right. and other things. I maybe think personally, personal, I don't know. But he's had to back out of a couple of fights. There's been issues there. You know, we wish him well. And he's his name hasn't been in the news for a reason. Brandon, I know that Crawford has said publicly he isn't interested in fighting Jermel. But you know what? Fighters say a lot of things. And if Jermel redeems himself. Follow, Frank. The what? fight means nothing right now. Nothing. No, nothing. I'm saying if Jermel redeemed himself. Not, not in the next fight. He should have been fighting. But if he does. He, he should have been fighting Tim Zoe. Pulled out of that fight a couple of times with injuries, allegedly. I Okay. And now there's no reason for him not to fight this Zoo Mendoza. And let's assume it's Tim Zoe. Okay. He's got to fight Tim Zoo now. There's nowhere else for Jamel Charlo to go. 
Of course, Charlo want to fight Crawford. It's a big payday. It's well, what if Charlo fights out. Tim Zhu or the winner Mendoza and Zhu, and he knocks him out? What if he knocks out Tim Zhu? Come talk to me later, Frank. Of course, down the line, any fight can be remade and could be viable. Let's say hypothetically this this uh, weekend, hypothetically, Joe Smith knocks out Zerda Ramirez. Now Canelo say, oh, Joe Smith at light heavyweight, and they make it for some type of belt. One of the sanctioning bodies strips someone. Joe Smith is Canelo for some type of light. No, 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 it's a cruiserweight. They're fighting a cruiserweight, excuse me. 193. Right, so Joe Smith would be called some type of cruiserweight champion, and Canelo will say, oh, yeah, I'll fight him at cruiserweight, and, and we both know he beat Joe Smith. So he would wind up picking my, up. Jack, my point is, I don't believe anything fighters say. And if if Crawford's offered the right money and they can package Jamel enough, the fight could happen. But they, they'd have to package him down. Like right now, he's right. damaged good. Okay? As far as the Crawford fight goes. I, he Let's see if he can reestablish himself. Also, I wish that's the fight we would have got, Jack. Does the element of fighters losing their swagger when they get when they're defeated in this manner too. This isn't going to be Jamel Charlo with the same type of swagger. He's going to come back. He's going to act tough, you know, same lines, but he's going to know in the back of his mind, people might not be buying what I said. People are doubting me. And, when, and he always motivates himself based on people doubting him. But the people that doubted him before the Canelo fight and said he had no chance, they were proven right. So it's going to be harder to come back with a swagger. But they'll say Tim that Zou about him swagger. fighting Crawford, too. Tim Zhu has a swagger right now. He calls out Charlo every chance he has. He pokes fun at him. He laughs at him. He's got the swagger. Is Charlo have the intestinal fortitude to shut Tim Zhu up? If he's the true competitor he says he is, He's going to want Tim Zhu in the worst way. Make the Zhu fight. That's the fight I want. If Zhu and Charlo, if Zhu beats Mendoza, and I'm going to pick him too, if he beats Mendoza, I would pick Jermel to beat Zhu if they fought. Okay, well, let, let's see when the fight gets signed. Okay, I'm going to reserve judgment on that one. Some of these fights that you want to see, Frank, what's been coming out in the news. There's been talks, reports that Showtime might be getting out of boxing, you know. And Amazon's taking over. Amazon. That has big repercussions because you consider the PBC that promotes Crawford for the time being and Benavides and you talk about the Benavides and Friday fight that they promote Charlo as well. What's going to happen if Showtime if they don't have Showtime backing as a pay-per-view partner, is anyone going to step up? What happens if no one steps up in the future? So you kind of have to wonder what direction boxing is headed in. That'll be something to see which way it goes. And the, and, and the purses will come down. We know that. Well, Al Heyman, when he first got in the business, he paid crazy purses to fighters. You want fighters to get as much as they can. But it would be the amount that some of these fighters were getting like paid. It was it was it was insane. 
And in certain other promoters who knew there was a certain pay scale, all of them, where they bid against one another, Al Heyman was like this owner of a sports team that was no cap, who was able to pay astronomical yep. sums of money. But you want to know something? You pay all that money in the beginning, and then the money starts disintegrating. And now you got to be more conservative later on. All right, Jack, let me ask you this before we move on from Canelo. Who do you think he will fight next? Knowing the landscape. Knowing the landscape, believe it or not. If David. Well, who's in the running? At the Benavides Andrade winner. Uh, I think if David Benavides defeats Andrade, I think Canelo, that would be the fight I think he would take in May because I don't see him having a, a big fight that would be acceptable to the public otherwise. And to fight a John Ryder type in Cinco de Mayo, listen, worst case scenario, what Canelo might do. He might then agree to fight Benavides the following, let's say, September, October. In Cinco de Mayo, he might take an easy touch. If we all know he had Benavides on the horizon and that fight was all set. He gets a pass. We tell him absolutely. Take your soft, take, you know, take a soft touch, Canelo. What if Andrade beat Benavides? Does he fight him? Andrade, I think, would be a more difficult opponent for Canelo because he's a, he's a spoiler. He's a, like a Shakur Stevenson type. For example, I don't think Shakur Stevenson is a better fighter than, let's say, Tank Davis. I don't. But his style is more difficult to solve. It's a Pennell Whitaker type style. They're like they, some of these guys have a nightmare type style when they're in the type of, at the top of their game, and that's what I think the problem is. And so you, if Andrade beats Benavides, you don't think Canelo fights Andrade? I think I also think there's more pressure on him for Benavides fight Canelo than an on and an Andrade fight because no one talks about Canelo and Andrade anymore. But all Canelo's been hearing when you're going to fight Benavides, when you're going to fight Benavides, and he's. But if Andrade beats him, that's a that, that's a feather in his cap. It's that's a big win. A great fight. It's a big win. But we haven't heard, but he hasn't heard Andrade's name for a long time. Then Canelo's got a big ego with the money. Like, you know, even the Baval rematch, he claims Baval turned down the offer. Reportedly, he offered Baval the same exact money as the first fight, and Baval wanted a raise. And Canelo used that as an excuse not to have the fight. I get the feeling that if Baval would have accepted that offer, Canelo wasn't going to go through with the fight. I don't think he wants to fight Bavall. I agree. Maybe later on. Later on, but Bavall might be on Canelo's radar down the line, kind of in a way like Julio Cesar Chavez and Frankie Randall. But they fought, I think, in close proximity, their two fights. But I think Jack, he may be waiting for the right circumstance. I see that Joe said that it was reported that Canelo banked $50 million. I saw that, too. That's unbelievable. And Brandon... It. I'm not sure that Canelo would fight Bivol at 168. And the reason for that is if he gets beat there, he has no parachute. I think he wants to fight him at 75. 
so he can get a title. So I don't think they'll fight at 168. I think Canelo needs to know he's got to fight him at 75. If they fight. If they fight. I kind of wonder if one of the fighters, like, how do you pronounce his name? Philippe Hergovic, you know, that heavyweight is a mandatory. The guy that beat Dang. If, if, if hypothetically, at some point, if Fury does fight Yusek, uh, no one, none of the sanctioning bodies are going to strip any of the fighters because it's a unification fight. But shortly after, uh, I forgot which sanctioning body. It's not the BC. I think I'm, I don't want to say it's the IBF, but I believe it is. If I'm wrong, forgive me, IBF. But they might say Hogovic, however you pronounce his darn name. I know how to spell it. I can't say it, Frank. <laughs> uh, he's the mandatory. He's been waiting long enough. And if they don't defend against him, the Fury Usyk win, and they're, they're not going to want to immediately after their unification fight. They right. want to relax. He gets a title. And let's say they declare him champion knowing Canelo is going to want to fight him. An ordinary heavyweight. An ordinary heavyweight. Can a little guy like Canelo, who's so quick and has a great chin, hardly gets hit against a big lumbering heavyweight, who isn't that hard of a puncher, really? I could see Canelo thinking, wow, I'm going to make history and people, you know, call myself a heavyweight champion if I can do this. I don't think Jack, it's a crazy thing what I'm saying. Even Jack, you, you, should be a, you should be a writer because you come up with some really unbelievable scenarios. I can't see that. I can't see that. I can't see Canelo doing what Tony did because he had a great chin and he could box and, and he was short. John Ruiz, he moved up. One fight. One guy. fight. Well, for one fight, but Ruiz was a good sized heavyweight. And Roy but Jones but Jones is much bigger than Canelo, Jack. Guy. I don't, Jack. I don't see that. I I I don't see that. If 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 I presented it to you, you would you would make your faces and say, "Frank, I don't even want to talk about that. That's not even plausible." So I don't see that. We'll talk about that if it happens. But your segue I mean, was it, good. That's a little. It's far. Listen, it's far fetched. But if you get a weak heavyweight champion, one that's not strong, one that's very beatable, and, you know, I wouldn't put it past Canelo to try to take the ultimate leap up there. I know he's small for his size, and he would have a – who would he have a better chance of beating? Bival at 175 or one of those heavyweights? Let's – Bival at 175. I'm not talking about the. I'm not talking about the top of the line heavy. I wouldn't. No, Hergovic. Zang. Canelo's not beating Hergovic. I wouldn't put him in with a banger like Zhang. I wouldn't put him in with Deontay Wilder, big punch. I wouldn't do anything like that. Let me ask you this, Frank. Canelo couldn't touch Chris Bird if he was around. Let me. me, Do you think it's beyond the realm realm of possibility that Canelo could actually maybe beat Anthony Joshua moving in and out? He's quick, Canelo. Move in and out, hit him, and maybe take away Joshua's jab. You think not a chance? <laughs> I don't think Canelo would win one second of a fight with Anthony Joshua. Okay. I wrote a column on that. I think someone could Google it. When saying Joshua would probably stop Canelo, but Canelo has a couple of little paths. I understand. Listen, 
Mickey Walker, little guy against Max Schmeling. Okay, got stopped in the eighth round, but Mickey Walker fought a draw with Jack Sharkey, a heavyweight champion. Most people think Mickey Walker won the fight. I mean, they were saying the same thing. Harry Grab against Jack Dempsey. Oh, Dempsey hits too hard. I wouldn't. But but Jack Jack Sharkey was under was under two hundred pounds. Anthony Joshua was two fifty five two fifty. Herdovic okay. is big. Do you think Sugar Ray Robinson could have come up been very competitive with heavyweight champions like Floyd Patterson, Jersey Joe Walcott? Very competitive. No. Maybe even beat him. Not even Ezra Charles, okay, no. But, it, but had he not collapsed in the heat against Joey Maxim, he would have won the World Light Heavyweight Championship, okay? And he was beating Maxim easy. That and we know if it was Archie Moore, he wouldn't have fought him unless he could steal all the money. Right, but, but the next step would have probably been Rocky Marciano. Now, I would have he, favored Marciano. But Sugar Ray was such a master boxer, it wouldn't have been a walkover. Jack, Marciano would have done to Sugar Ray Robinson what Joe Frazier did to Bob Foster. And it might no, have even Foster been no chin. Foster had no chin at all. No chin at all. I mean, he could. How could you say that when no light heavyweight ever really hurt him or stopped him? He was so dominant, he didn't get hit when he was a light heavyweight. He was such a feared puncher. Do you think Sugar Robinson would have beat Bob Foster? Wow, I I think Foster would have nailed him at some point. Yeah, Foster would have hung in and just because he was he was a freak of nature. But you don't. But 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 you'd give him a chance to outbox Marciano. I didn't say he would beat Marciano. I didn't say that at all. He, I, couldn't you see Sugar Ray leading on points over 10 rounds and getting stopped in the 11th? Is that feasible for you, Frank? Jack, Sugar Ray Robinson had death in taxes with 160-pound Jake LaMotta. He is not going to tickle Rocky Marciano at 186, who is probably even a better fighter than Jake LaMotta. So, and, and hit so much harder. So I, I, yeah, I, I, I want to have what you had for dinner. I would pick, take, listen, I would pick take me that, to that restaurant. Yeah. All right, Jack, we mentioned Tyson Fury and Usyk. The, supposedly they've signed. We both know it's not going to happen this year. Do we think that the fight is going to happen? And at this point, who would we favor? <laughs> I like Fury point blank. I mean, I don't have to wait and analyze it too much. I mean, he's the bigger, stronger guy, more physically gifted, smart fighter, boxes beautifully, very hard to hit, very hard to hit. And has, you know, he's not... As heavyweights go, I wouldn't call him that hard of a puncher, but he hits hard enough, okay? I can't see Usyk hurting Fury. Usyk doesn't have heavyweight power, true heavyweight power, and he, he'd have to carry the fight to Fury. He's Do we think it'll head. happen? Do you think they'll fight? I have, to believe, I have to believe it will happen because they agreed to terms. We don't know what the terms are. But everyone's talking like it's a done deal, like it's made. It's, it's, it's been signed reportedly as well. 
And the only question is when. It's not going to happen at the end of December. I can't no. see it happening. You know, Fury's fight against a mixed martial artist. Things could go wrong, Frank. He could get injured in that fight. You know, he could get caught. Listen, he might even get, he could even conceivably get knocked down, uh, you know, against a big, powerful martial artist fooling around who's been concentrating on boxing. Say what you want. Conor McGregor did give Floyd Mayweather some problems in the early rounds, genuine problems in the early rounds. He really did. And I don't think Floyd Roy trained for the fight, Jack, or was that, or, or was himself? But yeah, you could say that. But yeah, well, as far then, as Fury, fault is that? If he didn't no, it's his fault. Top form, Floyd. Yeah, exactly. But we know, but we know with Mayweather, it's all gimmick, and we're going to talk about him in a little yeah. bit. Right, right, right. Yeah, but, I'll but, tell you this much. Listen, Tyson Fury should take care of business pretty easily late, later this month, okay? Pretty easily later this month. But the point is, he's been taking this fight seriously. Uh, you know, that's going to take place. And well, he's a lot to lose if he doesn't look good. Right. When it's all over, he's going to want to break from training. He's not going to continue training going right into Yusuf fight. You know, it makes you think what Muhammad Ali did was really remarkable, the second coming. Right after fighting Jerry Quarry, six weeks later, he's in with Bonavina. Bonavina, top contender six weeks later, and then three months after that against Smoking Joe. Yes. Hey, Jack, and think about this. And then he fights Norton three months after the Inoki fiasco where he, he had all blood clots in his legs. Yeah. That, uh, he was so too tough talk, for his own good. So all this talk with Tyson Fury saying, well, Ali did the same thing, a mixed martial artist, the wrestler. Don't compare yourself to Ali. Ali fought all the best men. In he the defended game. the title four he times was, that year. He was entitled to do what he wants otherwise. If he wanted to slip in a, a gimmick thing in between, I mean, he's fully entitled. to listen, Fury's entitled to this too. It's entertainment at the end of the day. We don't have to get it. I'm not going to get this Fury. Fiasco. No, either, neither am I. I hope you believe that. Him and, Yusek, him and Yusek, I don't call it a great heavyweight fight. I call it a great heavyweight matchup. Because the, the last two men standing, whoever wins, without a doubt, that's the heavyweight champion of the world. I consider it to be Yusek, but it's not only heavyweight champion, but best heavyweight in the world. The winner stands supreme. Case closed, and you can't ask for anything more than that. What bothers me about that fight, Jack, is that whoever wins the fight, not only are they going to be considered the best heavyweight of this generation, but I believe we're going to hear a lot of all-time great things about the winner. And I don't like that, and I'm torn between that because I just don't see it. I don't see it, and I'm afraid if Fury wins – his win over over Wilder, Klitschko, and if it's Usyk, they're going to blow that out to say, okay, because of his size and the way he moves and all he can do, he's the greatest heavyweight ever. And if Usyk wins, they're going to have him in the top ten because he could beat no, a guy. No, 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 no. Usyk all right, we'll see. Usyk won't get that bounce, but Fury will because he's already has that talk surrounding him. Oh. Do you think Fury is one of the best of all time? We're hearing that right now. And he's an active. You know, Fury's more charismatic because of his size. He's a massive man. Even Bob Arum stepped forward and said, you know, 
Tyson Fury against Mike Tyson would be a mismatch. Mike Tyson would need a ladder to hit him. So Fury's Tyson Fury could turn into this mythical, you know, figure when all is said and done, you know, in his career, because he's so massive and so big. I haven't seen anything in Fury yet. Now I do think in some in some factions he's underrated, but I don't think he would be prime Mike Tyson. Oh, by the way, last weekend too. The guy who nearly beat Fury on a cut and had a matching problem in the last row, Otto Wallen. Nice win over Marek Gassayev. He came on in the Did late you see round. it? No, I didn't see it. But I, from all the reports I you know, read on it, won a decision. And good for Otto Wallen. I want to see Otto Wallen. He's, he's earned his right to have a meaningful heavyweight fight. If Wilder Joshua doesn't come off, I want to see him in there with Joshua, someone, I, you know, Jared Anderson, you want to step up Jared Anderson. You've been babied long enough, Jared Anderson. Time to step up, up, fight Otto Wallen. Fight Otto Wallen. He's a genuine contender, not a gatekeeper. A contender, Wallen is. Fight him, beat him. Jack, if he beats, if Jared Anderson fights Otto Wallen and wins, nobody will give him credit for that. But... It's about time Jared Anderson puts up or shuts, shuts up. You can only be a prospect for so long, Frank. And I don't want to hear Jared Anderson okay. as a prospect, a future champion. He's got to step up now. He's been boxing long enough. Speaking of the heavyweight, Jack, once again, we see that Wilder and Joshua are not fighting. It was all, all the talk, and it falls out. And I just don't know if they're ever going to fight. I don't know what's going on. Eddie, Eddie Hearn, Hearn just talks too much. Yeah, Eddie Hearn's saying that, well, he wants it to happen. Maybe this heavyweight fight taking place will be a lesson that should happen. The fight that Eddie Hearn would really want would, would have been a Fury fight, even though it wouldn't have, would, would have only been his partial promotion. There would have been so much you know, money involved in that. And what about the big you know, Chinese heavyweight Zhang? who, you know, obliterated Joe Joyce twice, who made a believe out of me, who has that powerful right hand. What's going to be of him, though? He should get the winner, Fury and Usyk, in a balanced world. I don't know if that's going to happen because we're talking about boxing, but wouldn't that be the next fight? I mean, Zhang should be the next guy in line. Frank, they keep you waiting so long. If Fury won that fight, he, he's not going to fight Zhang a few months later. He's going to take his time, not fight for maybe eight months, then maybe have a soft fight, and then fight Zhang about seven months after that. So you're talking in terms of, you know, close to a couple of years. And Zhang Jack, that's why I'd say Canelo is not the heathen because he fights. We can count on two fights a year. Credit, credit to Canelo. But... Uh, well, Canelo Jack, your buddy Joe Smith fights this weekend. He's yes, going to make his cruiserweight debut against Zordo Ramirez, who's 44-1 with 30 KOs. The last time he fought, he was pretty much outboxed cleanly by Bivol. Then he missed his next fight. He was over the weight. It's 175-pound limit by 17 pounds. So now he's moving up the cruiserweight. Joe Smith has never fought a cruiserweight. He hasn't fought since his showing against Beaterbeeve. Who do you like in this one? 
and and Zoro's the two to one favorite. You want to hear something interesting? Joe Smith, by a little bit, gave Bivol a tougher fight than Zerto Ramirez did. If you compare the two performances, Joe Smith lost a wide decision, but at one point he hit Bivol with a right hand at the end of the round. I think it was the ninth round. He hurt Bivol actually. He actually hurt Bivol, and he hung in there. And he, you know, was competitive, but Bivol won by a wide margin. Uh, and had Joe Smith in trouble towards the end of the fight when he opened up too. Uh, uh, Joe Smith has all the heart in the world. He could hit hard. I think Joe Smith is an ultimate overachiever. He's went a lot further than a lot of people thought he can. He had a nice string of upset, upsets against uh, Fonfora, Jesse Hart, you know, uh, just guys like that. Uh, I just, uh, I, I don't see him beating Zerto Ramirez. I like Ramirez on points. I think Ramirez is more steady, technically better too. And Joe Smith's last fight turned out to be a fiasco against Arda Betterby. And there, you want to talk about residual, Jack. We're talking about Charlo's residual after losing to Canelo. What kind of mindset is Joe Smith going to have after the way he lost to better be of, I mean, he's going to he's going. He has a couple of mountains of fight there. Yeah, Joe. Joe, I agree. Somebody's probably going to get knocked out. It should be fireworks, and I think because it could be fireworks, I could see Joe Smith being a live dog and landing that right hand and making something happen. I don't have a strong feel on this one either way. I mean, look, if I'm going to go out on the limb, I'm probably going to take. Uh, Zordo, but who knows? This is his redeemed fight. He ha he can't fall apart in this fight. He can't come over 193 pounds. Your buddy Joe DeGuardia said, Jack, if he's an ounce over, there's no fight. So I think Zordo is going to be in shape at least as much as he can be at, at 193. <laughs> I mean, he's probably the better overall guy, but he can be hit. Smith does have a right hand, and I don't think he's going to lose power fighting at 193. No, but Joe, you know, Joe Smith has all, all the heart in the world. But you just wonder what Joe Smith's mindset has been from the better be a fight. I was in Madison Square Garden, small arena for that fight. I was ringside. And when Joe Smith entered the ring, there was so much enthusiasm. But it was a complete wipeout. I mean... Compare that to Errol Spence losing to Terrence Crawford. At least Errol Spence went round. I mean, in Better Beef, just, you know, he hit Joe Smith. Joe Smith had no punch resistance against Better Beef. Nothing was there. And that fight was over a year ago already. It was like, like something like 16 months ago, or June of 2022, I believe it was. And... Now Joe Smith says, well, this fight just happened to come up. It's not like there's career direction necessarily. It's like he needed to take a long break to see whether he wanted to fight again or not. That's the way it seems. He has a nice business, like a gardening business or something that he's in touch of, a, a tree cutting business. Did Joe Smith, you know, and he had just gotten married, you know, very successful guy good head on his shoulders and you wonder how badly he wants it. What's he fighting for? 
Is he fighting for payday? Does he, re does, does he really believe he'll be champion? Is he trying to be champion because he feels it's going to make him some more money? What's his motivation? I don't know. I think he's a guy that gets in there, Jack, and he, no matter what is going on, I think he's going to do his best, and he likes to fight. He wants to win the fight. So I think whatever he has left at 28 and 4, 22 knockouts, I think we'll see it. And if he wins, whatever comes next, I'm sure he'll line up for another big fight. But I I, I don't think he's a guy, and you didn't say this. I'm just saying I don't think he's a guy that goes through the motion. He likes to fight. He likes to rumble. And I think he'll do. he's going to try to make that happen against Ramirez. I'm rooting for the guy. I'd like to see him pull it off. Yeah, I, you know, I'm partial towards Joe Smith. You know, yeah, I'd like to see it too, but uh, I got to be realistic here. You know, and it, they talk about fighters needing a tune-up fight to get their confidence back when they suffer a bad loss. And I wonder how valuable that is to fighters really need to tune-up fight. It kind of reminds me of what uh, Yank Durham said with Joe Frazier. After Joe Frazier got knocked out by George Foreman in Kingston, there wasn't an immediate rematch. And I remember this was probably taught. Yank Durham said, time is on our side. George should have taken the rematch while that fresh beating was still on, while that beating was fresh on Joe's mind still. He's forgotten about the beating with all the time that's went by. You wonder, could this be a case with a guy like Joe Smith, or even Zerto, the way he lost to Bivalt? If enough time goes by, do you really put it in your rearview mirror? I personally think you'd never forget it. You need to do something positive to get rid of to get rid of it, at least most of it. I think a lot of it depends on the fighter, Jack, but I think what Smith had to overcome is more of a mountain than what Ramirez had to overcome. Yeah. I, I think when you go in and you just get manhandled, like Frazier did by Foreman or the way Smith was by better be of I just think that that's a harder hill to climb and get over when you lose a decision even if it's overwhelming you can always justify well he didn't knock me out I just couldn't pull the trigger that night I was off but when you when they go through you like a hot knife through butter I think that's harder to process and put things back together you know what Floyd Patterson said after getting knocked out twice by Sonny Liston I want to find him again, even if it's just in the gym. It doesn't have to actually be an official fight. And it could be behind closed doors. He'd want no one seeing it. And Patterson said, I want to see if I could make it past the first round. He wanted it to be a real fight, listening to go all out a third time. And he just wanted to get past that mount. Imagine that. Just get past In his mind, Jackie. See, that tells you. He had a hard time accepting that somebody could do that to him. Yeah. And that's why if he took him to the gym and he got through a couple rounds, well, you know what? Maybe he just caught me. Maybe I put too much pressure on myself the night of the fight. But in the gym, we went pretty good. So to me, that tells me that Floyd didn't get over that. He never really got over that, and that stuck with him probably till his deathbed. Yeah, yeah. And he admitted it basically, you know. That was one of his regrets. He really wanted to have a third go with Sonny Liston. You know, even if he would have gotten stopped in the second round, that would have been kind of a moral victory for him, believe it or not. Jack, that just, that was, you know, 
Floyd gets killed for that. That's just a terrible matchup for him. Just like Frazier was a terrible matchup for Foreman. Boxing, a lot of it does come down to matchups. And that's why, look, if Crawford fought Charlo and stopped him, I wouldn't be surprised because he's a different fighter than um, Canelo. And they go about things different. Crawford might catch... Charlo with cleaner shots to the head than Canelo did and maybe stops him. But it's all matchup. Doesn't mean Crawford could beat Canelo, but it's all different matchups. No, absolutely, 100%. Frank, I got the uh, – we don't have much time left, but I got the ballot for the Hall of Fame, okay, the voting for the Hall of Fame. And the obviously great fight is – get in the Hall of Fame. I mean, we don't have I to heard argue. it's a weak class, Jack. We don't have to argue their merits. Like, why, yeah, people are, yeah, well, I hate to say weak class, but I think Hall of, any Hall of Fame becomes the Hall of the very good. I'm not talking about all sports. I'm not picking unboxing over here. I'm just looking at some of the well-known names, Hall of Famer or not, just briefly, Nigel Ben, Hall of Famer or not. Off the top of my head, no, but I know that some can make a good case for him. Chris Eubank, senior. Same thing. Michael, this is intriguing. Michael Mora. No. When I think of a Hall of Famer, I don't think that. And they're going to say he cleaned out the, or he was a great light heavyweight and won the title, first Southpaw heavyweight champ. I don't, I don't know, Jack. I don't think so. One of your Philly guys, Meldrick Taylor. I love him, but I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, this guy's been asking to get in. You know, uh, tenacious guy, Vinny Paz. I don't look at Vinny Paz as a Hall of Famer, no. Great, not, not even a great. What about Henry Moss? I'd have to go back and look at his career, but off the top of my head, I don't think so. Now we have is Marlon Starling on the ballot? Marlon Starling, I know he's not on the ballot here. Marlon Starling, no. You see, I think he has player. a better case than a lot of the guys we just named. Yeah, I'm a little surprised Marlon Starling isn't on the ballot. Iran Barkley's not on the ballot. Do you think Iran Barkley would be Merritt being a Hall of Famer? No. D Darius Mikulczewski. Definitely not. What about Ivan Calderon, the little guy? Had a number title defense. Was unbeaten for a while. I have to go back and look at his record, Jack. I got to be honest. Two two names now. He's intriguing. Gennaro Hernandez. He was Floyd Mayweather's idol. Mayweather used to, Oh, we forgot to talk about Mayweather. We could save Mayweather to next week or whenever. But uh, Gennaro See, when you say Hall of Famer, Jack, here's the thing to me. And I was doing this during this conversation. What I was doing when you said their name, I thought was the first fight I thought of or the first thing I thought of was them winning a big fight 
or losing a big fight. And the guys that you named, I kind of thought lost first. I got to go back to Calderon, but I, I actually thought lost first. And Mikulszewski, to me, didn't come over here and fight Roy Jones. He should have, so I kind of hold that against him. I kind Well, I'm kind of the same. It jumps out at me like a defining win. I like to kind of see that. What about Rick? Barkley has a defining win over Hearns, but we can come up with a bunch of losses. Right. Okay, fair enough. Ricky Hatton. No. You see, I say yes. Let me tell you why. We look at it, Frank, you and I, from an American perspective. Think of how famous he was at his, in his part of the world. Like you talk about a guy like a Barry McGuigan, and some people are saying, well, they didn't think McGuigan uh, was worthy to be a Hall of Famer. But think of it this way. Think of what McGuigan meant to boxing in his part of the world. He See, I don't take icon. that into consideration, but you're right. I just, the way I vote, Jack, I don't. When I think of Ricky Hatton, I think of Boo Boo Mancini with more speed. Diego Corrales. First thing I think of is him losing to Mayweather and not really a competitive fight. He had a good fight yeah, with Jose Luis Castillo. Castillo that I know. I mean, Jack, off the top of my head, I'm going to go by, I'm going to say no. I'm, I would have to go back and revisit those things. But off the top of my head, I don't think of Corrales as being a Hall of Fame fighter. Antonio Tarver. He kind of ended the myth of, or not the myth, but he kind of ended Roy Jones's career. And then I oh, compare him to guys game. like Michael Spinks and Saad and Braxton and Harold Johnson and guys like that. When I compare him to those guys, no. If I look at him in his era, I mean, I guess there's a case, Jack, but I wouldn't say automatically. Michael Nunn. There's an argument I'd have to revisit. Off the top of my head, I can't say. Okay, but the but I predict this. He will get in. Well, the point is, I gave you a bunch of names, and we don't have clear-cut Hall of Famers here. You know, and but but this happens even in baseball, like the players. Social you know, media will be why Michael Nunn gets in. Social media probably will help Tarver get in. Probably Ricky Hatton. But I... I I there there was nobody that stuck out to me, Jack. I'm thinking of guys that were elite. When you take into what they meant to the sport, like Ricky Hatton being big in the UK, okay, fine. Okay, that, but to me, Ricky Hatton is not a Hall of Fame fighter. On that note, uh, I'll see you till next week. We have a couple more Thursdays before we then switch back to Monday, so we're going to be on seven o'clock each. Two more Thursdays, and that's it. And a lot of fun. Okay. See you next week, buddy. All right, Jack. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you next week.